My name is Ben Rubior, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Alex scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kyle Yelnor showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson trying to go for a seventh, and he does! Ben Rubior has been, simply put, a scoring machine tonight. Welcome to Season 2 of the Pro Lacrosse Talk Podcast, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews from all your favorite players and coaches, as well as news and analysis from all four professional lacrosse leagues. We're here with Ben Rubior, 2006 national champion at UVA, three-time MLL champion with the Bayhawks, and current head coach of the Atlas Lacrosse Club. Coach Rubior, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. No, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, before we talk a little bit about the Atlas, though, let's talk a little bit about your early playing days. Um, your dad played at Brown. So talk us about growing up in Baltimore and, uh, you know, playing lacrosse at Loyola Blakefield. Yeah, so I was, I was from Hartford County, a uh, town called Jarrettsville. Um, my dad introduced me to the game, um, took me to the 1992 National Championship game, fell in love with it. Um, and he was a guy that went to Loyola Blakefield and uh and i followed in his footsteps and mm-hmm. you know feel like i had some really really great coaches along the way um learn the game the right way and you know one thing that i i i always took especially from my father was to just ride hard is that mm-hmm. you know those little plays that uh sometimes don't end up on the stat sheet are the ones that that often lead to wins mm-hmm. and uh and had a had a great experience growing up developed a passion for the game and now i get to make it a career yeah, you certainly uh, made it a career on the field as well. You, you started uh, your college days in, down in Charlottesville at UVA, had an awesome career uh, with the Hoos, uh, ranked fifth all-time in career goals for Virginia, 212 career points. Uh, talk to us about the decision to, to make it down to UVA, what, what really went into that, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that 2006 national championship as well. Yeah, that decision was um, was one that, you know, I think the process was a little bit different. We used to take official visits. Um, I went down for a visit there, spent the day with Dom Starja and his family. And Dom was a guy that my dad played with at Brown. So they overlapped mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, you know, Virginia wasn't necessarily my top choice. But when I went down to visit, um, it just was a place that I could see myself. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I felt like Dom was a guy that I thought had things in perspective while he, while he, worked as hard as anyone um, while he had extremely high expectations for us. Uh, I think he was a guy that was a good person first and was a guy that I, I certainly wanted to play hard for. And, uh, and it was an easy decision and had a, had an awesome time down there. Met my wife. Um, feel like we played some good lacrosse. And as you guys mentioned, you know, had a great season in 2006. Let's talk about that game a little bit. I think that's arguably one of the best uh, national championship squads uh, in history, you know, you had you had player of the years all over the field then, you know, and I, I think Kip Turner, I was a goalie, so I was uh, biased, I guess. I think Kip could have been goalie of the year that year, but talk about that championship and everything with that group of guys. Yeah, that was a that was a team that I think was kind of born of the disappointment of 2005. We had mm-hmm. a good season in 2005. Um, we were up by a goal with 12 seconds left against the eventual national champion in Hopkins and ended up letting that game slip through our fingers. And I think it was a group that came back in 2006 and was really, really hungry and was willing to do whatever it took. 
and certainly had a great senior class. I mean, full of guys, you know, like Mike Culver, who was the defensive player of the year, Kyle Dixon, the midi of the year, um, and Matt Ward, the attackman of the year. But, you know, you go beyond that and um, you got guys like Matt Pasquet, who's um, a great pro, um, Danny Gladding, Garrett Billings, um, you know, Drew Thompson. It was, it was a loaded, it was a loaded group. And, uh, and it was about as fun a team as I've ever played on. And I think it was fun because one guys decided that they were, that all they cared about was what do we need to do to win? Because mm -hmm. we knew the disappointment of losing. And then two, it, 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 it kind of manifested itself in just really unselfish play. I mean, that team moved the ball about as well as any team I've ever played on. And I think it's why the ball ended up in the back of the net a lot, but I had a, had a great run, went undefeated and, uh, and won a national championship. Yeah, no, I, uh, one of the guys you mentioned on there, uh, Matt Ward was uh, one of my childhood idols just because um, he ended up, you know, winning that national championship, then playing for the Bayhawks um, and spoke to my youth lacrosse team. So uh, just hearing from him directly was pretty cool for me when I was younger. Um, but let's talk a little bit now about the pros. You out of after your time at UVA, you got drafted by the Long Island Lizards. You only spent a season there, and then you joined the Bayhawks, uh, where you won three MLL championships, including an MVP award uh, in 2012. Talk to us about you know your time with the Bayhawks, though, and those three championships. Yeah, we um, spent a year with with Long Island. Went down to the Bayhawks. Um, you know, uh, cool thing happened in that in that the owner of the team. Uh, uh, kind of took over as the coach midseason. So a guy named Brendan mm -hmm. Kelly took mm -hmm. over, and uh, and we were kind of a 500 team up to that point. But we went on a little run, won the championship, and um, you know, I I think I think it's a it's a mindset that I've tried to take with me, which is it was our kind of motto that year was just was all in, was mm -hmm. just everybody really buying into it, and uh, and we did go on a little run. Um, we we that that following year we went to the semifinals lost in a tough one and then um those next two years won won two straight but you know got to play with some some really really good players um some guys that really cared and i think that you know more so than anything i think it was a it was a group that put the team before themselves and i i think that's why we were successful yeah no and talk awesome, to me yeah. a little bit about uh you know winning mvp on that 2012 championship you know what about that uh, that group of games just kind of made you get hot at the right time. Yeah, I think I think it was it was really it was for me it was it was the off season leading up, and I think mm -hmm. that you know as I as I kind of look at at our current team and not to get ahead of ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that I think that when you decide that you are going to fully commit and really put the time in, I think that you you end up finding success, not necessarily during the season, but in the work that you kind of put in, in the off season. And mm -hmm. that off season leading up to 2012 was one where I decided I was going to make lacrosse a full-time career. I started coaching um, and playing at the same time. And I, I really, you know, I got my body in a position to kind of put up with the grind of the season. And by the time we got to the, to the playoffs, I, I still felt fresh and ready to go. And, you know, it, it, it didn't, it didn't hurt that we had, we had guys like John Grant Jr. and, and Casey mm -hmm. Powell, you know, some guys that really did some great things and, you know, took a lot of the attention. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd say that being a left-handed attackman is about as good a spot as, as mm -hmm. you can be in and that you end up on the end of a lot of plays. And, uh, and, and so ball went in the net. 
um, got hot on a on that weekend, and team had success and won won the MVP that year, which was pretty cool. You mentioned starting uh, your coaching career around that time. Let's go into that a little bit. What really uh, interests you in, in getting on the sidelines and starting at St. Mary's? Yeah, so Dom Starja gave me a chance. I took a fifth year down to Virginia, did a little master's program, gave me a chance to help coach. And so I was, I was helping out with the team as kind of a volunteer. And then I was teaching lessons. And to be honest, it was kind of in, the, in, in teaching the lessons that, one, I felt some real re- reward in that, I saw guys getting better and I was like, man, this is kind of cool. And not that it was all credit to me, but just watching kids who are already growing, just getting bigger, faster, stronger, but also seeing their skills improve and then seeing them have success on the field. I, I, I I took a step back and I was like, you know, I was working in finance at the time and I, I decided, you know what, this is something that, that gets me excited, that energizes me, that keeps me coming back. So, um, I decided to uh, to take an assistant coaching job, um, you know, right around that time of that 2012 season. I actually went down to Tallahassee, Florida, spent a season down there as an offensive coordinator. And then I was working a camp out in California, and I was working with a buddy named Trey Whitty, um, who's now the head coach at St. Paul's, but he was the athletic director at St. Mary's. Um, we were doing a, we were just doing a little two a two man talk. So we were talking about picks and rolls and slips. And afterwards, he came up to me and he goes, that was really good. He goes, you ever thought about coaching? I go, yeah, man, I, I would love to coach. So went down and interviewed at St. Mary's, took that job, had a rough first season. It was trial by fire, but, uh, but, but um, started putting together a coaching staff, ended up hiring one of my best friends and one of the best young coaches that I know, this guy, Joe Thompson. And uh, he and I kind of just put our heads down and grinded. And we had a we had a great group down at St. Mary's in 2015. We we you know we had a up and down start to the season. Um, I but we had a we had a team meeting kind of in the middle of the year, and we just uh, we challenged the guys. We challenged the guys. We called some guys out, um, and we knew that that they had potential, but they that they had to really decide that this was important to them. Mm-hmm. And we left that we left that locker room. We didn't know how the guys were going to react. They finished up the meeting themselves, and uh, we won seven straight and won the championship that year. And you know, I think it, I think it just goes to show, you know, half the battle here is just the mindset. And you know, as a coach, you you have to, you have to help or try to help guide the team to have the mindset of just committing, right? I, I mean, this is, it is a physical sport. It's a tough sport. It's a, uh, it's it's a sport of you know of runs and momentum. And you, you, you have to be mentally tough and you have to be consistent and you have to be persistent. And uh, those guys did. And we, we, we had some success and, you know, ton of thanks to those guys, guys like Jake Carraway, guys like um, guys like Kevin Fox. I mean, we, we were loaded Timmy Troutner. Um, mm-hmm. So we were, we were, we were a good squad that, uh, that I, that I think did some really good things. And, uh, and, and those guys, you know, I give them a lot of credit for, allowing me to take some some future steps in my coaching career and I doubt I'd be the head coach of the Atlas if I hadn't coached at St. Mary's. You mentioned Timmy Troutner uh you know what's it like you know going to face him now uh, in the pros? (laughs) Uh we will see I mean the kid is he was talk about a guy that's persevered I mean we were we were going into the playoffs his senior year um at St. Mary's and he had he had really no recruiting offers out there that uh, 
that I kind of thought were at his level. John Torpy, you know, kind of came in late, said, we want to offer this kid. Um, and I knew he was going to be fantastic. He used to come out to our pro practices. You know, we'd finish up at 10 p.m. at night. He was a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, my assistant coach now, Stephen Brooks, and I used to shoot on him. And, you know, I, I, I could tell from the start that that kid had, had some serious potential. And, you know, he's, he's one of the more athletic goalies that I've ever played with. He was a great kind of safety in high school, in football. And, um, you know, he's, he's going to be an issue for us this year. But we're going uh, to try and put some goals past him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. And kind of you, through your transition uh, to the high school side of the game, you also had the opportunity to coach at your alma mater at Loyola. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, great experience. I, I mean, it was – Loyola did a ton for me. I mean, I got to play for guys like John Tucker and this guy John Stewart. Both were pro coaches themselves. Um, and they they really taught me what it kind of took to, to be successful. And um, – and so to go back there, I, I felt a, a huge amount of, you know, of gratitude and responsibility to kind of um, do the best job that I could. You know, we went to three straight semifinals. We never won the thing, um, which uh, I'm a little disappointed. I couldn't get those guys in a better position to win. But um, it was an awesome experience and, and one that I'm forever grateful for. And um, that school's been, been great to me both as a student and, uh, and as a coach. No, that's great. And then that kind of led uh, to you coaching now up in Boston. Um, you're, you also spent some time as an assistant with the Cannons. Talk to us about, you know, returning to an MLL sideline, but this time as an assistant. My, my wife is one of 12 kids from, from Massachusetts. So we moved up to be, to be a little bit closer to her family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, the threat of Dom Starja continues. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was the associate head coach. He hired me to be the offensive coordinator. Um, you know, I, it was a little bit of a rocky start. I mean, the, 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 the team was kind of in last place the year before, um, you know, they, they hired me. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had a, I think a five and nine season that, that first year I was coaching. Don't feel like I did my best coaching job and really coaching is coaching and lacrosse is lacrosse. But I think, uh, I had to adjust my approach with these guys and actually realize that pro players do want to be coached. They want to be held mm-hmm. accountable. They want to be told what the expectations are. And, you know, I, 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 I kind of had to find my voice with those guys. Had a better season last year, put up some serious points, and then obviously found myself, uh, you know, now as the head coach of the Atlas. But it is, uh, it's been a really cool experience. It's a cool experience because you got players with some, with some really good ideas. They know what works for them. They know what mm-hmm. has worked on teams. And it's cool, in my opinion, to take those ideas, right, incorporate them into some of the things that I like to do, and then mm-hmm. being able to kind of adjust on the fly. And I think, um, you know, not that we make it that complicated. It's a pretty simple game. But, um, you know, it's, it's just – it's cool kind of being a little bit more collaborative with these guys and uh, – and, and, trying to come up with a solution together and then obviously holding them accountable to the things that we expect. And, um, you know, I, I expect it to be no different with the Atlas. That's great. So yeah, let's talk about the Atlas a little bit. Uh, what really intrigued you about making the jump to the PLL? Um, and then secondly, uh, let's talk about uh, the moniker of you wanting to be the Bill Belichick uh, of professional lacrosse. Where, where did that come about? Yeah, so in, in terms of the Atlas, I, I think 
I think the Premier Lacrosse League has done just a fantastic job. I, I think that they, I think that they market their guys. I think that they mm-hmm. the access to fans, like you know, has never been seen kind of in pro sports, and I think they have the best players in the world. So you know, it was, it was a decision where I took that into consideration and the fact that I wanted to be a head coach, mm-hmm. and you know, I uh, I went through the interview process. I've known a lot of these guys in the Atlas team for a while. I I followed them last year. I felt like. I felt like they had some pieces, but couldn't kind of put it all together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I wanted that challenge. So ended up taking that challenge. And, you know, I, I know as part of, as part of the interview process, they'd asked me kind of what my goals as a professional which were. And I did mention that I, I, I wasn't trying to necessarily publicize that. I'm nowhere close to, uh, to anything that Bill Belichick has done, but you know, I, I guess, I guess my feeling is, I want to be great. I want to be great at whatever I do. And, uh, and I, I want to, I want to work relentlessly to put our, you know, to put my teams in a position to win. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, in terms of a guy to chase, I think he's a great guy to chase. And, uh, and, you know, I live a town over from Foxborough now. So, uh, Mm -hmm. so I drive by that stadium and, and I'm reminded at, at, at not just, you know, at, at, what that guy's accomplished, but the work that take that it takes to uh, to actually be great. So, yeah, and you acquired a bunch of you know talented players in Eric Law, Paul Rabel, Trevor Baptiste, Tucker Durkin, just to name a few. Add some other great guys in Rob Pinnell, Craig Chick, and uh, you know just recently Brian Costabile and Aiden Hines in the college draft. Um, tell us a little bit about you know shaping this 2020 Atlas team. Um, and what excites you about this roster going into this championship series? What excites me is the conversations that I've had with these guys. I, I mean, we have obviously some big name players um, mm-hmm. and we've acquired some other big name players. But in my conversations with these guys, I don't get the sense that they really, at this point in their careers, that they care about personal stats, glory, mm-hmm. you know, awards, whatever it might be. I, I really think that these guys are hungry to win. And, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I think it's about as competitive a league as there is. And I think teams, I think teams want to beat us badly and I, I don't blame them. And I think that, and I think that these are guys that are really committed. I think they're disappointed in kind of how the season turned out last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you, you look at some of the guys that we acquired. I think these are guys that have had chips on their shoulder their entire careers. And I mm-hmm. still think they got to prove. And I think we're going to go into a season where there's going to be more eyeballs on lacrosse than maybe have ever been on it before. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want these guys to play together, um, to play as a team. And I think if they do that, I think, uh, I think their own talents will kind of shine and will come out and, and you know, will we'll manifest themselves. So I'm excited to work with them. You know, and one other player, you know, I didn't mention, but I, I'd like to kind of talk about, too. You traded for Romar Dennis, um, who's, you know, looking for a fresh start with the Atlas, made the trade for him. What about his game excites you uh, and him joining the Bulls? Yeah, as I look at Romar, he is a guy that is a is a physical presence. I mean, he's, he's big. He shoots the ball hard. Um, he's a guy that I think can put pressure on a defense. I also was, you know, so pretty impressed with the way in which he got back and, and played some defense last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he made some plays, he had some calls turnovers. Um, 
you know, got the loose ball. But I think that I think that pro lacrosse and all lacrosse, but pro lacrosse really you have to control the middle of the field. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I I taken a, a little bit of a page out of uh, out of Dom's book, which is, you know, go and find some skilled players at skilled positions and then mm-hmm. try and go out and find the best athletes that you possibly can. And Romar, uh, to me, is one of the better athletes in this league. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that a fresh start will, will be exciting for him, will, will reinvigorate him. And I hope that we can give him the confidence because I believe in that kid. I think he can be a very good player. So let's talk about um, how you and your coaching staff, you know, you added Rick Beardsley and Stephen Brooks to the staff. How are you going into this championship series? And has your preparation changed at all um, in regards to the elongated season now over a 16-day span? There's definitely some changes. Um, and I think that, you know, as we, were, as we were kind of doing our protected rosters and then preparing for the expansion draft, there was kind of one mindset of, hey, our roster's going to be 18 guys. We got to find the right pieces. Um, and we got to find the pieces that complement each other. And it sounds like we're going to have slightly expanded rosters here obviously Mm -hmm. a two week tournament and we got more games in a more condensed period. So definitely the philosophy's changed a little bit. I would say primarily, I think it's, you got to find depth at certain positions. I mean, you know, this is no, you know, you can't, you can't play three middies the whole time. Mm -hmm. You, you probably need a backup face off guy. Um, You need depth at all, at all positions. And I think that as we were kind of looking at this draft, I, I really like my, my coaching staff. I mean, great guys. Steven Brooks is a guy that I played with. I think mm-hmm. he's one of the best teammates around. I think he's got a great mind for the game and, and really cares. Rick Beardsley, I think, is a great compliment for me. He's, he's, he has a different personality than me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more outspoken, you know, and that type of thing. And I think, that, I think that's really going to help in that I think you need some complimentary personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we were building this roster, you know, certainly you've seen some of the moves we made. Um, the Romar trade, um, I'm hoping works out. Picking up Rob Pinnell, I think, gives us a presence um, back behind the cage as a ball carrier um, that I'm hoping will help us. And and I think where we really got hurt last year was just in 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 trans in the transition game, and mostly mm-hmm. the transition game going from offense back to defense. Um, we got we got lit up there a little bit, and I want some guys that not only are able to, but are willing to get back in the hole, stop the transition, sit down and play some defense if they need to. And I think that if we can do that, I think that we, we have, we have a shot this year. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. You know, and we're, we're excited to see you guys in this championship series. That wraps up our main questions. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here, a word from our sponsor, and then we're going to go into our five and five segment where we'll ask you five lacrosse questions and five off the field questions. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today, I also want to talk to you about Design Tree. On our Design Tree store, we have several t-shirt designs like the Pro Lacrosse Talk tee I'm wearing today, our Blast Lacrosse shirt, Cross's Medicine shirt, and many more designs on the way. 
Design Tree is also home to hundreds of other t-shirt designs in the realm of sports and pop culture. To help support the podcast, please consider checking out our Design Tree store at dsgntree.com backslash pro-lacrosse-talk and grab a shirt today. All right, so welcome back. Uh, now let's go into our five and five segment. I'll start off with the lacrosse questions, Ben. Uh, first one I have for you is, do you have any pregame superstitions or routines, and how have they kind of changed from your playing career now to being a coach? I burn hot. Even though I'm not the loudest guy, I burn hot. Mm. So I try and calm myself before the game. I like to listen to music. I like to either stretch or go for a walk. And, uh, and I, like to, I like to really kind of calm my mind and get myself in the, in the, in the zone of – focusing on kind of what I what I think is going to happen in the game mm-hmm. and what adjustments I need, I need to make and um, I think it's probably pretty similar to to when I was a player awesome and then number two uh, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at or coach at I think you can't beat Clockner. I mean mm-hmm. Clockner Stadium down at the University of Virginia is about as good as it gets I think if you got a great grass field um, I think it's better than turf every time and uh, and seeing that hill packed on a nice spring day is there's there's not much better. I had a feeling that might be your answer. That's a, a lot of uh, Virginia alums' answers, and yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with that answer. <laughs> uh, number three, what is your toughest matchup when you were a player? Like in terms of yeah. going up against somebody. Sit, I, I'd say it's between two guys. Mike Culver in practice each day was uh, was was a real bear to go against. And Sid Smith, my senior year, got the best of me, and we lost in double OT in the semifinals. So, uh, so I got to give a little shout out to Sid Smith. <laughs> and then number four, who is a coach that you kind of leaned on as a mentor during your career? Yeah, uh, I, I mean a lot of guys. My father, Tom Starja. Um, you know, John Tucker, John Stewart, um, Dave Cottle, a uh, number of guys. I feel like I played for some of the best coaches to ever coach this game. And um, mm-hmm. those are guys that I've taken pieces from from each and tried to put them all together. No, Awesome. That's a Mount Rushmore list right there of coaches. Um, number five, if you could suit up again with one of your past teams, college or pro, which would it be? Uh, I would say – I would say 2006. I'd like to play until we lose. <laughs> I'd like to see that team as a pro team. No, I know that we talked about earlier that the roster of guys, uh, that'd be incredible to watch again, you know, them in their prime. But Adam, with the uh, off the field questions, you want to take it away? Yep, sounds good. So since you're a Baltimore guy, what's your favorite spot uh, to go when you're back home? I really like Woodbury Kitchen. I'm a little, I'm a little biased. My my wife cooked there for a couple of years, so okay. uh, Woodbury Kitchen, farm to table, delicious food. Menu changes every time. It's awesome. Sweet. Uh, number two, what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing when you're not coaching? Uh, love playing with my girls. I got two daughters. Um, you know, so I, I, we we play different games each day. Um, I like doing yoga. It calms me down, keeps me loose. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, you give me, you give me yoga, a good meal and hang with my daughters. I'm good. Uh, number three, what's your favorite sport to watch? That's not lacrosse. Football. I mean, I, I, I love a good dose of violence and, uh, you know, (laughs) nothing beats the hits of football. Real quick, I want to ask, are you a Ravens fan or now are you a Patriots fan now that you're in Boston territory? 
Oh, don't even start, man. Ravens all the way. There we go. There we go. I love it. I love it. Sounds right, an Eagles guy because he's from Philly, but uh, all my family grew up in Baltimore, so Ravens ride or die. I'm hoping they can get it done this year. <laughs> big trust, baby. Yeah, there big trust. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Since I. So I. Uh, I live in Towson now, um, and uh, I'm. I'm a. I'm a Ravens fan now. There, since they're in AFC NFC, I can. I can root for both squads. Dabble. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate it. Come on over to the good side. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number four, what's your favorite meal? Um, I'm, I'm curious what the answer to this is since you said your, your wife's a cook. So do you prefer to dine out, take out, or cook at home? Uh, definitely prefer to, to, to cook at home, although my, my wife and I do enjoy getting out. Um, I'd say chicken marbella. She has an awesome chicken marbella recipe that her, that her mom used to make. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's bomb every time. Um, and last one, since uh, this is a question that a lot of our fans have been interested in since they're home more with quarantine and whatnot, what's a book on your bookshelf that you'd recommend? And we've also added what's a, maybe a TV show or movie that you've watched lately that you'd recommend? Yeah, I, uh, in, in, terms of, in terms of books, I would say the book I probably have gone back to the most number of times is this book called Mind Gym. And it's just about kind of the mental side of sports. Mm -hmm. You guys have probably heard of it. Um, but it was a book that we, uh, you know, I know a bunch of guys passed around on that 2006 UVA team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that it really gave me a different perspective on kind of how to approach sports. And it's one that I check in with. And what I like about it is it's one of those books that you can just pick up, flip to a page, read the page, and, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can get something out of it. So that's when I check in with a decent amount. Um, I've been watching a lot of TV, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> but I would say been real into The Last Dance when I can stay up to actually watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, just just finished up before the new season came out, Billions, and I was kind of into that. That was a real escape for me. And and yeah, man, I, 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 a lot of content. Yep, mm -hmm. for sure. Yep. No, the um, Mind Gym was actually recommended to us by uh, Coach Micah Kersey of the Halifax Thunderbirds. And they actually had a phenomenal season before it was cut short in the NLL. So I think you're in good company there. Uh, maybe a, a little of that will rub off on the Atlas and you guys can make a, a good run too. Um, but we appreciate your time. We'd like to end with one final question for our coaches and players. And that is what type of advice do you have for a player that's looking to one day play lacrosse professionally or coach professionally? I would just say that the road is not straight. There are, there are ups and downs and don't get too high with the highs. Don't get too low with the lows. Just keep working at it. And I think that we have so many examples in this sport of guys that weren't necessarily noticed, weren't given the credit that they might deserve. And I think that, you know, the guys that end up rising to the top are the guys that just stay at it and stay at it when, uh, when, when, when other guys give up. So I would just say be persistent, you know, be steady, have an even keel, and keep working. No, that's some great advice, I think, for anybody, really. Um, we appreciate your time, Coach Rubior. Uh, we are really looking forward to watching you on NBC this summer, uh, and best of luck with the Atlas. Thank you. Go Bulls.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, I also want to talk to you about Phoenix Supplements. I started using Phoenix Supplements after searching for a supplement brand that didn't use any unnecessary additives. Phoenix's line of supplements use only the required ingredients and is free of any fillers that many supplement companies use. Not only that, but their supplements are produced here in the U.S. in an FDA-regulated facility, and the best part is they taste really good. I personally like using the Orange Dreamsicle Protein Blend in the morning, and I use their Chocolate Whey following workouts. So if you're interested in trying Phoenix Supplements, visit their website, fnxfit.com, and use the code PROLACROSS to receive 15% off your order today.